I got a girl with a mind on love The kind of love that is dangerous It knocks me down but I get back up Hey everyone, welcome back to Kevin and the Wu-Tang Clan. Today, I have my brother back on for the last time this NFL season as we talk about Super Bowl 54 and the exciting win, the comeback win, by the Kansas City Chiefs over the San Francisco 49ers. So me and my brother talk about Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and their legacies. We also talk about um, San Francisco and some of the questionable play calling possibly uh, by Kyle Shanahan. Um, Jimmy G struggles during that fourth quarter. And me and my, my, my brother also talk about um, Super Bowl halftime show. Exciting. Um, Super Bowl commercials, some of the exciting commercials that we thought, and what my potential punishment is for having the 40, uh, for choosing the 49ers before the game as a punishment. So tune into that, and um, thanks for listening as always. So let's give my brother a call. Mike, for the final time of the 2019-2020 season, I have you on for the last time during this season, Mike. Thanks for coming back on. Good to be back. And uh, yeah, what a game. What a weekend. I know. it was. I thought it was a really, really close game. A lot more exciting than last year, we can say. Um, but yeah, it was. I don't know if it was the game that we necessarily expected from um, the preview that we did last week, Mike, but what were your general thoughts about the game? Obviously, um, for those people that haven't heard, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs ended up beating the San Francisco 49ers 31-20. to uh, Andy Reid got his first Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes was named the game MVP. But, Mike, I just want to hear your general reactions to – uh, how the game ended up playing out and what your general thoughts were. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a it was a pretty good Super Bowl overall. Um, I would give it a solid eight out of ten. Yeah, totally. I I really thought it was a pretty solid Super Bowl. I think the score, the end score, was a little misleading just because of that late Damian Williams touchdown run uh, mm-hmm. to kind of ice it for Kansas City. However, I thought it was a really close game. I mean, it was 20 to 10 um, in the, with seven minutes left to go, San Francisco leading uh, uh, 20 to 10. And uh, at that point, it looked like San Francisco had it pretty much wrapped up. And then there were two really key plays that ended up changing the game uh, for the Chiefs. Uh, that Tyreek Hill third and 15, 44 yard completion by Mahomes to to Tyreek Hill, and then that key pass interference play um, on the very next play to uh, Travis Kelsey that ended up putting the ball at the one yard line, um, yep. and then it really got it going from there. Yep, I totally agree with that. I mean, once uh, that that third and 15 is Tyreek Hill, yeah, that was the pivotal game a uh, pivotal play in the game for me um it really was not looking good at all for the Chiefs until they got that playoff 
Um, they were kind of stalled at their like 25 yard line. So it was like I don't know, 75 yards to go. And it really looked like that 49ers front four was able to get a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes, uh, especially in that third quarter. Um, it was starting to like get some momentum, but that play there kind of kind of shifted the momentum and like shifted the overall feel of the game. Like once that happened, and then the Travis Kelsey play as well uh, with the pass interference, like you could tell, like the Chiefs felt like they were in it right after that. Yeah, totally. And I I was like writing headlines in my head, um, yep. pretty much being like can't wait to rub it in Michael's face, told, tell him that I called it and all this stuff that was going through my head. Um, mm-hmm. Going to do now, well, win my Super Bowl bet and everything like that. And then it just kind of all fell apart in that last seven minutes of that fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of like summarized, I think, this season for the Chiefs. Um, they were down 10 late in this game and then were able to come back three double-digit comebacks in the playoffs for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And it just kind of showed how special this Chiefs offense was in terms of their quick strike ability. And I was just super impressed how um, they looked um, being able to score and then make key defensive stops on the other side of things and really kind of – limit what Jimmy G was able to do on the other side in that fourth quarter who looked so ineffective um, in that fourth quarter and was really forced into a lot of mistakes. Um, Mike, who would you put this loss on um, if you had to put it on anyone on the San Francisco side of things? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't love the play calling. From Kyle Shanahan. And do you, do you think this is like an evidence of a trend or a pattern? Because a lot, I think I was reading a lot of the Twitter reaction and people were like, oh, you can't blame Shanahan for, for this. But um, him being the primary play caller during that Atlanta Super Bowl against the Patriots and then this type of performance that ended up happening late in the fourth quarter. Yep. I, I don't know, like, did, what were your general thoughts about his game plan going, or, like, just the game he called throughout the game um, and and the types of plays that he called? Yeah, I mean, I didn't mind it initially until it came <laughs> to that second quarter um, where he was basically, you know, he played extremely conservative, right, where – he didn't want Kansas City to have any time left, so he didn't use any of his timeouts um, as the clock was winding down. It's about like two minutes left to go. It seemed like he just wanted to get out of that whole half uh, at 10-10 and not really try and go for any strike. So it, it showed like a lack of faith in Jimmy G in that offense. And when they actually did try and get something going there, um, you know, Jimmy G threw that ball to – Kittle, but then, you know, kind of an unfortunate offensive pass interference on that. Kittle, and that was really not a, with. Yeah, that was not a pass interference. Um, I agree. I thought the ref kind of blew it on that play. It, it just looked like they were hand fighting. Um, I don't know. I I thought that was 
for all the pass interference calls that were kind of being called throughout the season, um, it seems like we still don't really have a clear definition of what pass interference actually is um, at all. And I just didn't think that was like, uh, like it wasn't blatant enough for that to be pass interference. I mean, maybe Kansas City fans would disagree with me there, but I just, I was, I was pretty shocked that a flag came out for that call. Yeah, and I think that for, like, my issue with Kyle Shannon and the play calling was that uh, you mentioned it when we were texting a little bit, but I do think that 22 carries for that uh, San Francisco team is not enough, right? Looking at this for Hugh Moster, had a pretty good game. Um, Kevin Coleman, like, all of them were running it pretty well. Like, whenever they wanted to run against the Kansas City Chiefs, they were able to get yards, but for some reason, you know, maybe you're getting a little too cute on offense. Uh, you just see too many, like, if you're going to run an offense to play, just do, a R, like, an RPO, just do, like, a play-action uh, kind of play, right? But, you know, whenever I saw Jimmy G and shotgun in the fourth quarter, I was like, just run the ball, right? It doesn't make any sense to do anything because they haven't proven that they could stop that run. And, um, you know, Kyle Shanahan is, like, a great – he just makes such great plays, uh, great run plays here. And it seemed like they were able to get, like, their four to six, seven, eight-yard chunks whenever they wanted. So I didn't understand why they went away from that or at least, like, you know, fake the run and just do, like, a play-action kind of thing. Yeah, I was a little perplexed because, like I was kind of texting you, those outside run slash zone plays, um, to the outside, Kansas City could not stop those run plays. And I was, yep. re- like, a lot of the end-arounds that were working early in the game to Debo Samuel, like, they tried to pull off that trick play that Samuel ended up kind of eating and then getting the first down for. Yep. Those plays were effective going to the outside. And maybe I, I'm just kind of surprised that they didn't kind of go to that a lot more. And you kind I, I saw them get into the rhythm of um the play calling and the run game. I think during that uh first touchdown drive to you uh Juszczyk, uh before that they're running the ball super effectively during that drive. And I thought they really established a rhythm and I was like, Oh, okay, this is what's gonna happen and they're gonna just run the ball down their throats now for the rest of the game. And it just didn't really play like that. And maybe you're right in terms of Shanahan maybe trying to get too cute with uh, his play calling and trying to throw um, that Kansas City defense off balance a little bit and have, and, and have like Jimmy G throw the ball a little bit more than expected. But I just didn't agree with it. And, you know, maybe with seven minutes left, them being tw- up 20 to 10, they – they pretty much had where had Kansas City where they wanted them to be. It's just they weren't able to make the requisite stops uh, when it was most paramount. Yeah, yeah, and I mean honestly, like we we kind of you know factor in Kyle Shannon is one reason why uh, the result didn't quite turn out as well. But I mean Jimmy G, he looked pretty good in my opinion in the first three quarters, like enabled being able to manage the game and kind of make the key throws when necessary. 
Uh, he definitely was pretty accurate. But in that fourth quarter, like, it kind of just kind of just fell apart a little bit. Like, he was missing his receivers. Like, I, I almost think that he wasn't playing that well, but a lot was being asked of him in that fourth quarter. Like, just, just run the ball, right? That's what I kept thinking. Like, I was, to be honest, rooting for the Chiefs, but I was terrified whenever the 49ers were running the ball. But when Jimmy G dropped back for shock, like a first, you know, first in shock composition, like, I was like, all right, like, I actually feel pretty good about this. Like, this is kind of the game script I thought might happen. And I still feel good about it. Like, I, I don't think that Jimmy G has kind of shown much to me yet and uh, kind of proved out right. It's true. And on the flip side of things, I didn't think Patrick Mahomes looked that great in the nope. first three to three and a half quarters. And if the game kind of closed out in that 20 to 10 manner, I think a lot of people today kind of playing Monday Monday morning quarterback would kind of look back at the game and be like, man, Mahomes did not look good at all. And he really struggled to, he really struggled and he failed to look comfortable in within the game and within the pocket. Um, during that game and yep. there were there were a lot of passes that he ended up yep. kind of missing that he would normally make he and maybe that was nerves or something like that but there yep. were a lot of passes that he would just like throw to the feet of his receiver sail sail high I, yep. I was a little surprised at how shaky he looked but then you know those last three drives of that game he looked incredible and led them to three touchdown scores. Yeah. And that's, so I'll say that's what really worried me in the beginning of the game, but also was the thing I was most impressed with by the end of the game was for the beginning of the game. uh, The fact that like, you know, how his throws were like just poorly timed. It didn't seem like he was getting that much pressure on, on, on him like early on either. Like, his throws were just behind the receiver. Like it, it just didn't seem like he was in sync with them. Uh, his first interception was horrible. Like just threw it right to the person. Like the guy was like, just went in front of the route and I don't know if he didn't see him, but it was just so uncharacteristic that it seemed like a mental thing. But by the fourth quarter, like I, I kind of wasn't sure. Like what's Mahomes mentality right now? What's his mindset? Is he going to, kind of be like, look, I've had a bad game and kind of crumble under the pressure. But, I mean, what really impressed me was that he he came out there and and uh, kept his confidence up, was able to make the big throw to Tyreek um, and just play a pretty amazing fourth quarter. Yeah, and, it, and it, I think a lot of people forget now since he led them to those three straight touchdown drives, he, he also threw that fourth quarter pick as well and I, as soon as he threw that fourth quarter pick I thought okay this thought was over. I thought it was over at that point because yep. they were San Francisco was twenty to ten up twenty to ten. It looked like they had all the momentum. But Jimmy G and that San Francisco offense unfortunately wasn't able to move the ball um to secure uh that knockout blow. Um, to Kansas City, and I think Kansas City always felt like they had a chance, especially with that quick strike offense. 
Um, and I don't think that was that big of a surprise when we saw Kansas City kind of coming there and being like, all right, it looks like we're, it looks like uh, we're in for a game. And then it, it got really exciting towards uh, the second half of that fourth quarter. So, Mike, yeah. um, Patrick Mahomes was named the MVP um, of the game. Did you agree with that decision? Uh, we could talk about some of the bets that we made, um, or at least that I made. Um, I ended up losing a decent amount of money. I actually got Kyle Juszczyk, uh touchdown money. Uh, that, was my, that was my one good bet of uh, the uh, game, but ended up losing some money on the uh, San Francisco, having San Francisco money line win. Um, did not get that. Um, first touchdown bet didn't get Patrick Mahomes. Um, a lot of people lost money on Patrick Mahomes uh, kneeling um, at the end of the game and taking his rushing total back under the under to- or, or the line of the over under total for his rush yards. Um, so a lot of people lost money on that. I think some. Some guy had a parlay. He ended up losing over $8,000 because uh, Patrick Mahomes started kneeling uh, at the end of the game. Uh, so that's just a really tough way to lose lose a game like that or lose a bet like that. Um, let's see. Demi, Demi Lovato was way under on her, uh, on her uh, Star Spangled Banner uh, national anthem of two minutes. Uh, the Gatorade was orange, so whoever had orange, Tails never fails, apparently, because it was Tails um, to start the uh, game for the coin toss. Uh, but there are a lot of fun, um, pretty fun uh, prop bets, but didn't really work out for me. Um, my sports betting career might uh, end fairly quickly here. Um, but, Mike, um, yeah, it was it was kind of an interesting uh, time like watching my bets while also watching football at the same time. Right. No, it definitely makes it more exciting to watch. I, uh, and unfortunately, California, I couldn't find, like, I've been looking into it, like the fan duel aspects, but, um, I just, I had a difficult time finding prop bets on fan duel. Just, it's always like the fan, daily fantasy kind of thing, but I just need to look into it a little bit more. I actually think I would have made some money on this Kansas City Chiefs line. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, you have to go for the MVP. Like, this game is kind of proof that when you have that superstar quarterback, like, they're going to get the MVP unless they have an absolutely atrocious game. Like, if Mahomes was, oh, you know, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, then I could see, like, it going to Damian Williams. And I honestly think it's probably should have gone to Damian Williams. Like, Mahomes led yeah. them, obviously, to those three touchdown drives. But I think Will, Damian Williams, he ended up having over 100 yards uh, rushing, 40, I think 30 or 40 yards receiving, and then two touchdowns in total. So he had a really yeah. solid game. That could have been a possible MVP um, type of performance. Um, but I think I see the appeal that Mahomes ends up getting. Uh, yeah, I, he had a good game, Damian Williams, but that last touchdown, 
you know, that was – he had 60, 66 yards before that 38-yard run um, on 16 carries. So, like, four yards about per carry. Like, it, it's kind of a little bit skewed from that last uh, touchdown. And without it, he just would have had, like, a pretty – like a pretty good game, but um, for me, I, I think Patrick Mahomes did deserve it. Right. So, Mike, going forward, what does – let's kind of talk about some of the storylines kind of from, yep. from like, a legacy perspective and what this means going moving forward. So, in terms – has Patrick Mahomes pretty much cemented his place in NFL history, and he's probably the – yeah, I think he was the youngest Super Bowl, Super Bowl quarter- MVP. Yeah, Super Bowl quarterback MVP. Um, does this cement his legacy in terms of being the best quarterback right now in the league, and uh, how high he can how high he can go in the all time list? Yeah, I mean the sky's the limit for this guy. Like he is the most impressive quarterback. In terms of mentality and just, like, talent, like, he's – and the team that's kind of around him in the system, like, it's it's pretty amazing. Like, I, I really do think the sky's the limit. Like, I think that they're going to win another Super Bowl, right? It's just, like, how many more, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting because kind of, like, I think a lot of people would kind of compare him to – Aaron Rodgers in terms of level of talent and level of skill that they both possess and, and, and them being anointed as like the quarterbacks of the future fairly early on. I believe Rodgers ended up winning his Super Bowl when he was like 28 or so, 27. Uh, so he was fairly young uh, when he won his Super Bowl and he's never been able to to get back and win another one. So it's really interesting, just kind of like a lot of people crowning uh, Mahomes as the next guy and him winning multiple, multiple like Super Bowl, um, Vince Lombardi trophies. But you just never know if you you ever get back to um, this stage of the game. And it's kind of crazy that Aaron Rodgers hasn't been able to win another one. So you just never know what ends up happening, but it does certainly certainly look like Mahomes is well on his way to uh, adding to his trophy cabinet. Um, I mean, what, what, where do you think, what do you think the over-under would be for like how many Super Bowls he wins? Like, would you? One and a half? Would you bet the over on one? Absolutely, I'd bet the over on that. No, one and a half. One and a half more. Interesting. So, so, so two more, I'm saying. I bet the over on that, yeah. Interesting. Okay. That, yeah. I, I, I mean, you never know. I probably, obviously, because we're coming off of a Mahomes performance yesterday, I probably bet the over on that. But, I, I mean, you just still never know. It's extremely tough to win multiples. Um, Super Bowls. Like, I think we're a little bit, um, I think we're a little bit, um, I guess, spoiled by some of the performances of Tom Brady and the Patriots teams that it's kind of hard to find that pairing of consistency from a head coach and quarterback pairing. And 
Andy Reid has proven now that he's a Super Bowl winning um, coach. And I, that kind of leads me to my next question in terms of like where his status is amongst the greatest coaches is of all time. Yeah, I mean, Andy Reid, I, so you have, you know, like Carol, you have, he, he's in like that, he, hmm, I, I just don't know how to rank him. I, I'd say like him and Mike Tomlin are that kind of second tier behind Bill Belichick for mm-hmm. me. Uh, just for this, you know, for the past, like, few decades. Um, but, yeah, like, yeah, happy for Andy Reid. Like, he – it was always – it was going to be, like, a kind of controversial, somewhat controversial Hall of Fame case, just given the fact that he didn't have Super Bowl um, and it being, like, historically very hard for any coach to make the Super Bowl uh, – to make the Hall of Fame without that Super Bowl on their resume. But, you know, now that he got the monkey off his back – he clearly is deserving of that Hall of Fame record. And and being up there with, you know, maybe not Belichick, but at least, like, the greats of the era, like uh, Tomlin as well. Yeah, and for, like, all the jokes that we make about his clock management and things like that, he was able to overcome a lot of those things and um, was able to kind of put together a pretty solid game plan. for the Chiefs and lead them to victory. And it was looking shaky there for a bit, but uh, they were able to get it done. Um, Yeah, it was just like, honestly, overall, just a pretty exciting Super Bowl. Uh, The end kind of saved it there for me a little bit with Mahomes' magic. And uh, I was fairly impressed by what they kind of looked like. Um, And it pretty much was like that trend of what we've seen from them in the playoffs and them being able to come back from double digit points down. And I was extremely impressed with how, how well they, they've looked. I think I saw some stats somewhere that Kurt Warner was like two and 20, two and 44 or something when down 10, 10 uh, plus points. And um, Mahomes was something like, had like five wins already to his short career. Um, so it's pretty crazy that Mahomes is able to come down from t- 10 points down um, and still perform and put up points and lead his team to victory. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, overall, like to recap, it was a pretty good Super Bowl. Um a solid eight out of ten. What would you give it for yourself, Coach? Yeah, I think I'm giving it like a seven point seven five, close to an eight, something around that. It had its exciting moments. It's it's just that I don't. There wasn't like that one defining play. I would say maybe that there there was like the Tyree Kill like play that ended up setting up the touchdown. Like, but I I think like in a couple years I probably won't remember too much from the game and of you know just in terms of play plays and like you know there was no like helmet catch or James Harrison returning uh fumble for 99 yard um fumble recovery return there's there wasn't like a game changing play like that that I that I think I'm going to remember in five to ten years time from a, a neutral party observer 
Yep, I would agree with that. On the memorability aspect, it was a good game overall, but the memorability won't be as there, just because uh, it's, I mean, we want to talk about that, like, comeback. It was, it, it, it wasn't like there was a defining moment on that comeback. Like, Mahomes made some throws, but he also had an interception in that fourth quarter as well. So, it wasn't all, you know, this, like, amazing momentum uh, in the fourth quarter, so. Yeah, and um, I guess kind of like moving forward, Mike. It looks like uh, Kansas City is six to one to, um, and they're the favorites going into next year to repeat. Um, who, if you want to give like an early uh, prediction as to who you think um, would be Super Bowl champs for next year, or a team to look out for, who who do you think? Yeah. Yeah. So. It's a good question. I, I I mean I really like I still like the Chiefs. Um, six to one is relatively it's not the bad, worst odds there to be honest. Um, especially given that they should return most of the pieces from this year. Mahomes gets another year under his belt. I I I don't think that we've seen like his peak just yet either. Um, so yeah, I I, I do like the Chiefs. Come out of the AFC. I am really fascinated to see if Lamar Jackson is able to kind of, you know, kind of silence some of the naysayers because they're coming back again ever since that playoff loss. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for what could potentially happen with Lamar Jackson and Mahomes long term. I'm really rooting for that, uh, for there to be some epic games there in the AFC. Um, I think the Patriots are kind of in trouble here. Um, I, I just don't see how bringing back Brady for $30 million uh, gets them back to the Super Bowl. But they are always part of they're always part of the conversation, so you can't ever count them out. Uh, in terms of the NFC, I, I like the 49ers. They had the second youngest defense. They're going to return most of the pieces as well. Uh, Jimmy G is like a big question mark. He kind of didn't show me enough in that game. So you're always going to have those question marks until he's able to prove it. Um, so, yeah, I'd say the, the in the NFC, I like the 49ers, but not enough for them to be the favorite in the field. Uh, I, I still like the Saints, and I still like the Saints even with Breeze um, and that upset from this year. So I, I like the Saints. Yeah, that's it. That's kind of who I was thinking of, honestly, the the New Orleans Saints. And uh, if they can kind of cobble things together, I think they'll be able to make one last run with Drew Brees at the helm. Um, San Francisco, so. I'm a little bit less certain on just because of the question at quarterback. And, like, if you're kind of making this bet, you're just kind of listing and thinking about all the elite quarterbacks in the league and, Mahomes is certainly up there. You've got to think about Lamar now um, being the uh, second unanimous MVP from this season. Um, so, yeah, you got to think about a couple of those things. Mike, um, some of the off-the-field stuff that I kind of wanted to talk about are, are kind of like part of the game. What were your reactions to that halftime show? Because that halftime show for me <laughs> was – fire um just crazy amazing a lot of energy uh yep. yeah i i and i think twitter kind of like their heads exploded people's heads exploded on twitter which was hilarious yeah, yeah. no it was definitely one of the best 
It's one of the best halftime shows that I I can remember. Um, yeah, the, the the halftime shows haven't been memorable recently, so it definitely was the best halftime show that I can definitely I can remember in the past like five years at least. Um, so yeah, I was a huge fan. All the girls we we're watching the Super Bowl with were they just they <laughs> they, they wanted to shut off the TV after that. They're like. All right, we're, we we saw the real show. Like, let's go home. That was unbelievable. Uh, they loved it. Um, and yeah, I don't yeah. blame the war. Like, it, it was a pretty fire uh, halftime show. So, yeah, it was kind of funny yeah. just seeing some of the Twitter reaction and some of like the divisiveness between Twitter, <laughs> where people, some people were just like, you saw like, like Luka Doncic like tweet about like heart emoji eyes. I think it was and like just like saw that side of Twitter but then you also saw like the moral compass of Twitter being like what are we t- telling our kids by showing this side like this halftime show and I was like oh my god I can't believe yeah. that's so that's the narrative out there but yeah, yeah I thought it was a pretty amazing halftime show um Mike were there any uh favorite commercials because that's also part of the Super Bowl uh, Sunday. Any favorite commercials that can that you could remember or think of? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think through some commercials. Uh, I think the Jason Momoa one was kind of memorable. That one got a lot of good laughs um, when we were watching. Mm. I thought the Boston Massels Hyundai Hyundai commercial was pretty good too, with uh, John Krasinski and. Um, mm. Um, who else was that? Uh, Chris Evans, I believe. Uh, yeah, that was, that was I remember that funny, one too. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty funny. I thought also another memorable one was the Google one with Loretta, who was yeah. like, that was yeah, pretty, yeah. that was pretty touching, pretty sad. I thought that was pretty memorable. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I thought the, the Boston one for me took it, um, kind of funny. Um, and uh, Korea represent obviously with Hyundai, um, yeah. but yeah, it was uh, it was pretty cool to kind of see some of that stuff. Like, what was your Super Bowl spread like um, over there uh, at your Super Bowl party? Any good yeah, we food? Had, we had some good food. Shout out to Colleen for uh, hosting. Shout out uh, to Colleen then. Yeah, for hosting all of us and uh, cooking some amazing food. Uh, we had like nachos, we had our chicken wings, we had our pizza, we had these amazing brownies, amazing cornbread, some cookies, um, this like chicken buffalo dip with nachos. Like it was, it was oh, a great they spread. Had, they had the chicken buffalo dip. That's my favorite. It was it was pretty amazing. Uh, no potato skins, which are my weird and odd favorite for the Super Bowl. But um, yeah, no, it was a good spread. How about you? Did you end um, up uh, watching it with? Watched it with only, like, two other people. Um, I'm a little bit under the weather, so I didn't end up kind of going out to some of the things that I was invited to, but stored some good, good hearty Italian food. Uh, pretty solid. Pretty solid spread. Not your traditional football Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday uh, spread with the wings, the pizza, all that stuff. So, um Kind of missed out on that, but nevertheless got some good Italian food, so can't complain. Um, Mike, last thing before I end up letting you go, and I think this is the question that's lingering on everyone's minds. 
what do I owe you for losing? And what are our chances for our Jets next year? Yeah, I mean, in terms of in terms of what you may owe me here, uh, just be friendly. It. Just be friendly on my wallet because I'm a college student still. They're lost. Damn, I, I was thinking like a two, you know, going to Chungshik, like two, three Michelin <laughs> restaurant. So we can we can tell Michael has expensive taste. It's all right. Uh, Kevin can. I uh, know. I mean, next time we see each other, I expect a nice cooked meal. Nice cooked meal. Oh, wow. A nice cooked you... meal. Have to you know have to be in be in my honor of my football knowledge and my football honor. I don't know. Um, if my, I don't know if your stomach is gonna like me if I cook that meal for you, but uh, we'll see about that. Yeah, and uh, it has to be. Yeah, I'll, I'll rate the dish, and um, you know, it'll probably be like a five, but we'll see. We'll see. And and yeah, I mean, in terms of the outlook for our Jets, I am somewhat excited for what our Jets might be able to do uh, starting next year. Uh, we had a great schedule, to be very honest, this past year. But I'm really hoping for some development from Darnold here. Um, and, I, you know, I'm excited for Joe Douglas. He he has a lot of cap room for this year, $60 million in cap um, and a lot of draft capital. We have four draft picks in the first three rounds. Um, yeah, there's a lot to be excited about for next year as a Jets fan. Um, I, I think that we have a shot at making the playoffs. Even though the Bills are going to be pretty good this year, next year, I think, as well. But we'll see. I think that there's a, there, there, there could be a Titans running us. I, I think that we can make the playoffs next year. And I think that's the beauty of football because who would have thought after the end of last season, the San Francisco 49ers would have ever had the chance to make the Super Bowl, especially with the Los Angeles Rams within their own division, the NFC West, who didn't even make the playoffs this year because uh, San Francisco and Seattle made it from the NFC West. So it just kind of shows how much can change in one year. I'm hoping for a Jets run like that, um, emulate the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers ended up uh, – choosing Joey Bosa with their number two pick. And that just kind of shows how bad they were the, uh, the last year because they were choosing number two in the draft. So you just never know. So with the new season, the end of one season, the start of a new season comes with um, unfounded optimism. So hopefully we're able to get some of that luck uh, for our Jets next year, and I can I can positively uh, watch some most of those games with uh, with uh, some good feelings at the end of those results. So, Mike, thanks again for a great second year. I can't believe it, second NFL season that we're doing this, um, and it was just a ton of fun to to chat with you every single week about our picks about. Um, all the things that are going on in the league. Can't believe we have to wait um, another, what is it now, like nine, ten, nine months till, or eight months till um, the start of uh, the next football season. 
Um, so kind of sad that it's over. Um, but we got the XFL. So if you guys are any, if anyone's like really, really craving football, we got the XFL next weekend. So tune into that. Um, and, um, Mike, thanks again for coming on to the pod. Um, and, uh, it's always been a ton of fun to have you on week after week. It's going to be sad. I don't know what to do with all my time, but, uh, yeah. Well, See you, Kev. yep. And guys, before you go, thanks again for listening to all the podcasts this NFL season. I'm actually coming out with the new website slash um, design for my logo, which I've been talking about forever. But I saw some of the mock-ups for it, um, and it's looking pretty solid. So it'll probably be out in a couple weeks or so. So be on the lookout for that. Um, I know you've, I know I sent you the link to that, Mike. Um, So yeah, uh, it's definitely in the works. Awesome. Can't wait. Can't wait, Kev. Yep. So Mike, thanks again. Thanks again, Kev. And I hope it makes you smile Don't worry about me, baby Cause I swear that I'll be fine I got a girl with a mind on love The kind of love that is dangerous It knocks me down, but I get back up And I'm addicted, I can't get enough